Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you're listening to Spike Pit. Hey, Colin, Frank T here from Frank T's Liner Notes. Just wanted to weigh in on episode nine on Infravision. It can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be complicated. If you look at the basic D&D rulebook, the Moldvay version, on page 59, there's a sample dungeon expedition where the DM makes a ruling very early on in the game that the torchlight interferes with the infravision. So I think you could easily do that on a regular basis. The example is given in an early edition that rulings trump rules and make it your own game. Just keep it consistent. As long as everybody's having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks for calling in, Frank. Um, always good to hear from you. Yeah, that was a good catch. I, I checked out the uh, Mulvey Basic, page 59, and sure enough, yeah, I missed it. I didn't doubt you for a moment. Hey, Colin, it's Matt. I'm enjoying my day off from work, so I'm catching up on some people's anchor casts. And I uh, came across yours on Dark Vision or InfraVision. I can tell you, I don't play 5e, so that dark vision nonsense, no idea, man. Don't even pretend to know anything about that. But now, InfraVision, I've never really had a problem with it, because in most cases, my parties never are all demi-humans. There's always somebody that needs a torch. And if you've got a torch out, basically the way, at least I play, I think the way most uh, retro clones work, is if there's any sort of ambient natural light, infravision's done. Doesn't work. So like your players would have to go outside the range of the light, otherwise their infravision doesn't work. Problem solved. Cheers, Matt. Always good to hear from you. That's Matt Random. Go and give him a listen over on his anchor cast. He's always uh, got some practical advice. Uh, and another caller, um, Chuck. Chuck Foreign. Uh, he's um, He's another man with a plan. Hey, Colin. It's Chuck from Playing It Wrong. Loving your episodes, man. I've been off the last couple of days, so I'm playing catch up on, well, everybody's podcasts. But on your last one, Low Light Vision, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And it got crazier. I don't remember what edition, if it was partially AD&D, second or third, but they started throwing in Ultra Vision and Low Light and made everything kind of weird and crazy. I kind of do like the way 5e did it with, uh, hey, you just got dark vision, that's it. So it's not that big a thing for me anyway. But I'll do say these couple things. One, like I was talking about on GM screens, how I do like a little sheet. The other thing I do is like a PC log sheet, knowing who is what and having the key details of everybody's character handy so I don't have to ask them every five minutes, what's your saving throw or you know something like that. Or who has dark vision again? Because, well, if there's one dwarf and three humans, it doesn't matter that the dwarf has it when there's a fire breaks out. Also, uh... And it looks like I hit that one-minute mark and didn't know it. All right, Colin. <laughs> Let's follow this up. Hey, two things. Magical darkness, nobody sees through that unless there's, well, something magical to see through it. And the other one, even if they've got infravision, most undead are room temperature. Ha ha ha. All right. Thanks again for all your cast, man. Keep it up. So there, we've got Chuck Foreign, um, Playing It Wrong podcast. He's uh, 
Sounds to me like a bit of a sneaky character. Uh, um, magical darkness and undead. Mm. I did get another call in as well uh, from Robert, DM Dad. And um, yeah, he made a, a kind recommendation for my podcast. Um, but I guess you guys already listening, you don't need to hear that. <laughs> um, yeah, he, got, he, he tried to leave me a message and the old one minute anchor time limit cut him off. So what he did was um, he recorded an, an episode 2.5 over on his DM Dad anchor cast. And uh, yeah, he made some interesting points for sure. I mean, the best the best thing would be to listen to his actual episode. But he was talking about going back to the old original Little Brown books and... He advises that there's no mention of Dark or InfraVision in said three little books. And um, he's quite happy uh, to justify my removal of um, Dark Vision uh, on the grounds that darkness, you know, should be the the challenge and obstacle that I was um, hinting at, really, in, in my original episode nine. And um, this... This um, reference to the old books uh, inspired me to go and have a little bit of a delve further. Oh, in addition to Frank T's comment about the uh, Mulvade Basics, although um, the original Brown books and Mulvade Basic are obviously contradicting each other, I thought I'd go and see what uh, some other systems have got to say. So... Basic Fantasy was the first one I had a look at. And um, they describe on page 36 an ability to see in total darkness. Um, A character with this ability can see in black and white only, but otherwise the sight is normal. So it's it's basically just like watching a black and white telly. Dark vision does not grant one the ability to see in magical darkness. So that's a pretty common theme. Uh, along with the 30 to 60 foot kind of range. So some characters, I'm not sure which ones have 30 foot range. And then the more common 60 foot range is used. And it is totally ineffective in any light greater than moonlight. So that um, that ties in with Matt's thoughts and uh, Frank T's thoughts and call-ins. Now, I also look... Uh, this is... I think this was really where my inspiration originally came in. Veins of the Earth, uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess product. They um, they really got some interesting ideas. It's Patrick Stewart and uh, Scrap Princess. They got some really interesting ideas on light and... Uh, so much so that it's actually um, used as a currency uh, because their way of looking at it is time, distance, light, money and weight are all kind of bound together and this breaks down into an hour of light equates to one loom which is their, their chosen currency and that is equal to one silver. Now the interesting thing about that is it that makes um, light about 10 times more 
uh, valuable than it is in your standard OSR game. They've even got a whole system for um, different types of lanterns and it's tied into initiative. Um, and they, they dial up the whole dangerous aspect of being in the dark. In fact, um, they call... Um, any sort of infravision, they call. I, I like the way they describe it. They call it dark piercing sight, and um, they explain that dark can work differently in the veins of the earth. Dungeons are puddles of darkness, and the veins um, are the sea. Uh, after that, it, it more or less like leaves the rules to the referee, um, but it does stress that. Any creature not described as blind still needs light to see. Uh, they may be able to find their way around slowly underground without light, but in a battle, lack of light will be a severe disadvantage. So you can see this is a bit more uh, the feel that I'm trying to capture, this sort of the threat of the darkness. And that's a little bit more along the lines of what Robert was saying, uh, the challenge and the obstacle of the darkness. Now... You can go totally the other way. So we've got systems like uh, 13th Age. No mention of it at all. It's just um, hand-waved. And you and the, the spirit of those rules would seem to suggest, you know, if, if you want to have something like that, you just make a ruling on it, chuck it in. And, and that's similar with a few other sets I looked at. It's um, Swords and Wizardry Light. Uh, doesn't engage with infravision as best as far as I can tell. Um, you've got DCC that basically just refers to some races being able to see in the dark, but doesn't really define what seeing in the dark is. Um, sharp swords and sinister spells. You don't have demi humans, and any of them systems without demi humans. You know, they kind of, you know, they've sidestepped the whole issue, really. I haven't looked at how those systems work with monsters, to be fair. I'm just kind of approaching it in a PC angle. So in summary, what I'm, what I'm saying is you've got the whole range, as per usual, of uh, different ideas. And some of them are obviously very contradictory. So in the uh, tradition of OSRs, I'm going to be looking to make a ruling on this one, and I think um, I'm going to go with uh, kind of a low light vision idea, and not 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 really to be confused with uh, the Dungeons and Dragons, or is it three or three point five definition of uh, low light vision? But um, I, what I want to try and create is that. That idea that they've got some sort of like cat or nocturnal animals type of vision. Uh, so I can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a little bit of research on Google, look into those creatures and the biology behind it all, uh, just because that sort of thing interests me. And I like to have, I know it's a fantasy game and everything, but if if I can get a little bit of a, a scientific background on things, it just helps me kind of um, get a handle. It helps me understand the logic behind my decisions, if that makes any sense. I know that's a lot of people's, not a lot of people's style, or a lot of people that don't want to get involved in that, and I can fully understand it. But um, yeah, so 
rulings not rules I'll, I'll keep you posted how we go with this and um, I'm still looking for feedback more call-ins and uh, any thoughts that anyone's got uh, that'll do me for now uh, I've rambled on and on as per usual but I guess you'd soon tell me if uh, if you'd had enough okay with that take it easy look after yourselves catch you later Hi Colin, thanks for getting back to me. Yeah, I've just been listening to your Infravision episode. I think you make a good point about Infravision and dark vision in particular, how it can remove that fear of the darkness and the unknown, which is epitomized so much in the OSR style of gaming, particularly if you like dungeon crawling or something like that. I mean, I think one of the ways you could nerf it potentially is to reduce it down to low light vision. So it's not a case of people being able to see perfectly in the dark. They can just see better when there's a little bit of light, like a slight bit of moonlight or the glowing embers of a fire, but it's still no use in complete darkness. That might be one way of sort of nerfing it a little bit without removing it entirely. But as for improvision and if someone waves a light at someone, I think particularly if it's a source of heat like a torch, then yet you're definitely justified in saying that they should be disorientated or blinded temporarily. Anyway, I'm running out of time, so I'll catch you soon, man. So that was John Allen Large over at the Red Dice Diaries. Thanks for calling in, mate. And to my listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Catch you later.